Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. This is episode 244, and I am so excited to have David Breyer back. David has always been uh, inspiration. He has a ton of energy, and he's just filled chock full of knowledge. And I always, every time we meet, when we do a test or when we just are talking, I always have come out with something actionable. And I really like that. I really like for Design Recharge to be something that you can actually take and put into action. I also hope you know why I do design recharges all just to give you hope. You're not alone. Um, we're here for each other. A lot of us are freelancers. We do this on the side or we work for ourselves or we're the one man show in a marketing team or not a marketing team, but in a uh, corporation or whatever. So this is a time for us to be together. And just to remind you, this is the month of we, I'm claiming February as Love on Designers. So Kim Pinella and I have joined forces together and we're doing a giveaway. So you can, in any of those posts that we're doing, um, feel free, follow. We're going to do five giveaways, one a week or and one, two, the last week. And then the last, on the 28th of um, February, we're going to do a live one where everybody can come on and kind of see each other. So it's not just um, Michael uh, Fonville from Houston. I'll be able to see his face if if you want. You don't have to show your face, of course. Um, but, but but in line but in line with your theme of love, I mean, this is Valentine's Day. I know. Happy Valentine's, David. Happy Valentine's Day. It's awesome. So we're gonna bring some love and knowledge to people, right? Oh, at, at least, at least, and, and and who knows? Maybe maybe even some brand intervention coffee. You never know. So David has just, and I've kind of marked mine up a little bit, just with some <laughs> post-its. So they're a little big, actually. Um, but David has just come out with this book, Brand Intervention. And I love, you want to tell him what what that was? the Why you kind of crossed out the tur? Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, if for those, if in case it's not obvious to the viewers, I mean, obviously you see that with that, there were a number of iterations with regard to the cover, but this was like, you know, what the intervention is kind of like your, it's an element of like you're correcting something, you're going in, you're fixing something that isn't up to its full potential or whatever. And the idea of like the scribbling out the TER, all of a sudden you have brand invention. So you have this dual, dual meaning. I, I am known for having multiple, multiple layers of meaning in the things that I design. So. Well, and I, I think a lot of a lot of designers do that, or they want to do that. Those Easter eggs, you're just filled with them, and that's why I love having you on the show. So, um, why? So you've you've been doing brands. You have clients all over. Damon Johns um, wrote the foreword in your book from Shark Tank, which I love that show. Yep. Um, so what what made you want to kind of put some of these things down in a more formal um, capacity sure. uh, as a book? Sure. All right. So the, so the basic thing is I, I was finding, I've been doing this for about, let's say 35, 36 years. And so the thing I was finding was I kept on, and I have a lot of content. For those that aren't familiar with me, I mean, you can go to my blog and you'll find I know, about 225 articles of all various sorts on branding. Um, and I always, my whole goal whenever I wrote anything was to educate the individual. It wasn't just to sort of showcase my work. I would, I would use a project, and, but then I would say, here's what was learned. Here are the insights. Here's what made this possible. So with all that said and done, I wanted to, I kept on finding that clients, no matter the size, whether they were global, whether they were domestic, 
regional, local, or just a startup, they all had the same problems and questions. Mm. And when I would ask, like, like for example, today I just uh, released, uh, I, I started in January of this year. So basically 2018, I started a weekly series, which is basically uh, One Minute Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And so literally I was like, okay, I know that people are really are short on time and they like getting stuff fast. So I was like, you know, what can I, what can I pack into one minute? And so today's, for example, was the number one question I asked clients. And one of them is, so tell me why I, the customer, should care mm. about your product or service. And this applies whether it's B2B or B2C because that, that's a myth when people, some clients will talk to you and they'll say, well, have you done much B2B or have you done much B2C? And, and that's factually, I will be the first and I'll say it's false. There are people at the end of each, each aspect of the relationship. There are people who are deciding. You may have different criteria as a business. You may have different criteria if it's a personal purchase versus a business purchase, but there's still people. So if you understand the dynamics of how to connect people to things, you understand what's necessary. So, so that's the first thing. So I, I would ask clients and I would say, so what, tell me why I should care. And the first thing that they, the first things they rattle off always ended up being, I would say, well, let me ask you something. If I went to your other competitors, why do I suspect they'd be telling me pretty much the same thing you just told me? You know, and so, I mean, and for example, and I cover this in the book very heavily, as you know, I talk about cliches. Mm. Cliches are the enemy and the, the enemy of good brands, the enemies of great design. Um, so the thing that they would, you know, they would say everything from, well, we make really great food. We source it properly. Uh, you know, we have knowledgeable staff. We care about our customer. We offer quality product. We offer quality service. We, have, we, we respond in a timely manner. Um, we use good materials. Now, first of all, every one of those things, I would hope that they were doing those things. That's not, those aren't, those aren't <laughs> above and beyond. That's just kind of like, to me, those, were the, those are the, the equivalent of, do you open the door at nine o'clock when you say on, uh, that you're opening the door at nine o'clock? Do you do that? Good. You're not going to get a reward for doing that. That's what you're supposed to be doing. So supposed to be doings are not anything to celebrate. It's, it's taking that baseline and going, okay, how far above and north of that do you go? And so, anyway, so that's one example of something that would always come up. I would always ask this question. I would always get cliche, boring, predictable, uninspired answers that would not revive the dead and would barely resuscitate the living. <laughs> and it doesn't make them stand out in any way. It's any just way. really typical way. kind of answers anybody should be doing, a standard like we, basic. Like we, use, like we use fresh ingredients. Like, and then that's supposed to like what – is that supposed to help me like appreciate the fact that you're not using stale lettuce for your sandwich? I mean, what's the deal? You know, it didn't, didn't matter. So this book basically is 33 of these points that allow designers, allow brands, allow brand managers, allow teams and companies to understand why are you doing what you're doing? Why does it matter? How is it relevant? And those are, those are, and that's basically, that's what inspired the book. Could I put this all down so that, because if I did it just as I do it, there's going to be a percentage of people in businesses in the world that will have benefited from what I know. And these have been proven. These are, 
these are disproportionately effective. They are absurd. They're it, like, they're ridiculous. This book is not just for designers. It's actually something you would give your clients um, to read. And can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Because that seems like, so it seems like a workbook that they really need to ingest. And now granted, it's pretty thick, but a lot of the pages are really big type. Yeah. So you can yeah. go through it fairly quickly, right? Yeah. yeah, totally you can. Totally you can. And so, I, I mean, it's, it's designed, and, and I will tell you, more people have told me I'm reading it for the second time than that. It blows my mind. And I, and I happen to mention that toward the back. And, and let me just give an over, overview just so, for those that, are, Please. that don't have their copy. So here's the book, 290 pages, okay? The first, the first <clears throat> chunk of it goes through, goes through the 33 steps, and that takes you up to page 197. Takes you right to here. And, and so this is, these are the 33 steps that you talk about, uh, transforming your brand into that, the brand you need. That's or, right. Right, not the one you have. And so exactly. again, that's where it's not just for designers. Exactly. And then here, this is the playbook. The playbook, it's about 50 pages now or more, where the playbook, that's, that's, the, that's basically, you know what, I show you now. It's like, okay, you now understand the principles. Now it's like, so I'll take something like this. Like, what, is it, what does that say? That says avoiding, avoiding cliches. cliches. So it's like, okay, there's avoiding cliches. So here's, here's an actual example. And this actually shows you avoiding cliches. This is where they started out from. This is where they went to. The problem with this was, I remember when I was speaking to the owner, Sandra, and she showed me this, and she didn't feel it was a problem with the logo. And I said, well, let me ask you something. Step back two feet from your, from your computer. Can you read it? Right. She goes, not really. And I said, and on your computer, I'm sure it's even larger than it is on your packaging. So somebody going to be able to actually even know what this is when they're walking down the shelf? Mm -hmm. She's like, oh. So, I, so it was first a matter of functionality. Then it was a matter of like what's going to make it distinct because, because one of the things that I go into the book, you and I have talked about this, I hadn't yet found one place where everybody agreed on what's the definition of this thing called branding. So in the book, I go over it. I define it. it if you go to Amazon right now, you will find that there's over 8,000 books hmm. on branding. Now, branding is not, it's not fantasy. It's not romance. It's not an action adventure, not a big legal mystery. It is itself. It's a very specific tool that we as designers and communicators in the world use. Good. It's the, and what it is. And so instead of all the 8,000 books, and I figured it out. If you actually read one book a day, I think it would take you about 250 years. I forgot. I did, did the math at some point. Anyway, so the thing that would happen, so the thing that would happen is, it came down to four words when I looked at what branding was doing. It's the art of differentiation. Four words. Hmm. The art of differentiation. So when we're initial, initial, initiating something in the world out there, we're doing something that really differentiates from what's already out there. Because any of us can go online right now and type in anything, any service, any product, and we're going to have hundreds, thousands of options. That is the, that's the world we live in. What's going to make your brand that you're either, that you own or you're creating or you're helping a client with, what's going to make that one stand apart from the rest? So the thing that happened with these guys, these guys had the most amazing 
absolutely intoxicating, ridiculous shortbread cookies. The most amazing ingredients, buttery, delicious. It was an absolute drug. It was ridiculous. And so you ate these and they were, forget it. I mean, a packet was gone in minutes. <laughs> and so what happened is I looked at this and I looked at the heritage of shortbread cookies. Shortbread cookies have a heritage of coming from the English. They were an English snack. Mm-hmm. And they were enjoyed with tea. So we could sort of sit down and enjoy our little tea with a little pinky in the air and enjoy a little, a little shortbread cookie and a little bit of tea. It'll be a little divine, right? And yeah, blah, 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 blah. So I'm going, hey. And as I talked to Sandra, I really got what she did. And the vibe and the love and the care and the unique recipes. So I wanted to, I said, so, oh, you're like shortbread cookies gone wild. <laughs> She laughed her head off. She goes, yes, that's us. I'm like, okay. So I said, so I want to give you a, a, a persona that's different. So when you're put against other shortbread cookies, you don't look like, oh, this is the not quite English shortbread cookie. No, it's like if you're not, if you're the rebel, let's embrace it. And mm-hmm. so that's where the solution came in from this. And so, hey, Carly from Cleveland. No, you're not too late. You're getting all the goodies. All the goodies are yet to come. <laughs> And so, and so here you see, this is the design here, natural, delectable, unapologetic. And the thing is, is these leaf lips, I call them leaf lips, they ended up becoming, they had numerous colors that went with the different flavors. Which the packaging, and that's another one of your superpowers is the packaging. The packaging is just, and yeah. we've talked about this on a different episode. Yeah, that's right. And so you see how, mm. the, how the lips color coordinate with the flavors and but yet it was all it was unmistakably itself. And so in in the playbook, the, so the playbook literally it walks you through. Here's a principle, and then here's an example, and then here's a you know here's a principle, and here's an example. I mean this is a I mean here's an example of a company that went from a total startup in six years to a two hundred and fifty million dollar evaluation hmm. in six years. And then, and so that's someone who's been a client for many years, and this was his newest startup. But, that, but that's basically how the book is. So the book has kind of the, those two core ingredients, and there are other segments to it, which you can ask me about, and I can show you some of the poster examples and different things. But anyway, just to give people an overview. So, so why? Was there an issue when you were um, dealing with clients that you felt like you needed something to give them to kind of take away some of their doubts? Or why did you want to write the book? Um. I felt it felt I, I kept on looking at the opinion leaders that I respected, the business mm-hmm. leaders that I respected, um, and they all had a book. Mm. Now I, I now early in my career I had done um, compilation books. I had I had typographic design competitions and such like that, and those were all fun and good, but they absolutely were from the designer space. Mm-hmm. They weren't. I didn't have the real world experience to mm-hmm. actually understand that when a company is investing in something, they, they, there needs to be a legitimate return. There needs to be business rationale that makes it make sense. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and, and when I say that, now business rationale does not mean here's business and here's, and here's a, a design and that those are opposed. I don't believe that at all. To me, I actually have a different viewpoint. My viewpoint is if you really understand the universe of the business that gives you the foundation to truly create amazing design. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
it wasn't, it wasn't me doing it from any other standpoint, then I'm always answering the same questions. And, oh, and I know, I, I think this, this might have been the trigger, actually. Occasionally, I would, I mean, there's a lot of things that I would go over and go over and go over. And occasionally, I would not mention something that I pretty routinely would mention. And yet, it would rear its little ugly head. And I'd go, oh, my God. I totally <laughs> I, I, and, and I'm like, here it is again. And so I just, the fact that, it, 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 so even if I would forget, something the client would say would make it necessary for me to mention and cover. And so that was, that was kind of like the point where I said, you know, I need to put this down. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, my roots go back to after I was a, an art major and an illustrator and a painter in, in college, and I, then I decided to do design, my roots go from logo design and editorial design. Those are my roots. And from there, I got into the whole branding equation. And so I was like, I want to design something that is amazing. I want to design something that is fun to look at. I've had people call this thing a masterpiece. I've had people, I mean, and these are, these are not just, I mean, yeah, some friends have said some nice things, but these are business people. These are people out in the world who've called it a masterpiece, a work of art. They've called it an instant classic. Some have called it the branding Bible. Um, And that means a lot to me because it provides value. I wanted it to provide value. I wanted something that would be a very um, easily assimilatable. And And as you well have probably observed, I really steered away from, from um, marketing jargon and I really steered away from corporate jargon. I don't use, I don't use any of that. I could get, literally give this, I can give this to anyone in the street and I have given it to just ordinary people. I've had actually had ordinary people read it and they're like, I finally understand. I will never have a question about what branding is ever again. And they get it. So, and this, this took you, um, a lot of times people will write a book, but they won't design it. I definitely think that it was critical that you also design it because you, you know what you wanted, where you wanted it, you know, the, the pacing. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a lot smaller book, but you really wanted it to take, um, it, I, th- I think, at least from having gone through it, you want it to make a statement. There are pauses when you, you need to be kind of like think about this before you turn the page. Um, right. And it took you about two years to write. I yes, mean, cause two, you're two clearly working. Yep. So um, you've won hundreds of awards. You've, you've had tons of clients, international, national, local, everything. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd asked you in my questions, how do you get so much content from all those projects into this book? So how did you choose which ones got in because you're not getting everything in. And no. um, some no. of these were new to me that I had never seen. Um, so what was the criteria you use? Cause I think that this could help people in there um, as they're creating something maybe similar for like a, a client to have, to understand what their manifesto is or yeah. what they're trying to do. Or as even if they're trying to, get the kind of clients they want maybe for their portfolio. So what kind of criteria did you use for determining which projects would make it into this book? All right. I've, well, first I, I, I didn't look at which projects I looked at holistically. What do I want to achieve? Okay. I took, I took a very big picture. It's like, what do I want to achieve? What do I want people to walk away from? 
as a result of the, of the playbook. Mm-hmm. So one is I wanted to have a good variety of industries. Hmm. I didn't want somebody to go, oh, okay, it, you know, 90% of this is, uh, is food related. So I guess this primarily applies to food. In other words, I already know what the, the, the incorrect conclusions that people can come up with. So, mm-hmm. my, so that was part of it. So I was like, I want to preempt ro- incorrect conclusions. I didn't want people to pigeonhole this right. into, oh, well, this is good for uh, cosmetics. This is good for B2C. This is good for But B2C. it's not good for me. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And so the thing, so, so that was, and I, and then I picked, I want big companies. I wanted, I wanted older companies, younger companies, big companies, small companies. So I wanted to people to see there were, that these worked no matter what I easily could have added 60, 65 more projects. Sure. And that would have made the book, you know, one. So that was the other thing I, I wanted to kind of show enough but I didn't want it to get so that now it's a 350 page book that has to cost so much. I, I, I want this, my goal, I'll be, I'm going to be completely transparent. My goal when I came out with this, which I think is crazy in, in one circumstance, but it's actually my goal. When I was done with this, I was like, I want this in 100,000 people's hands hmm. because that would actually make a dent into, into the world. That would actually make a difference. Having it into a few thousand people's hands, you know, um, you know that's great. I'm not, I'm not going poo-poo on that. Right. But I, but what a different impact because I had a number of different people. I, I approach this a little bit differently than I approach projects. I, I, I do my all my due diligence. I do my homework, and then I really trust my observations and my conclusions of what I come out with to really develop a message. And this is developing a message as much as developing a brand message. So for this, I ran it by probably about, I had about six or seven people in my inner circle that I was kind of like, read this, let me know what you think. And they were very different people, very different. different like one was a, one, one's a, a, a very well-known photographer and one is a, a very well-known uh, entrepreneur. Um, one is, one is uh you know, a smaller uh, entrepreneur, one is a this and one is a that. I wanted to get these different vantage points. Mm-hmm. And everyone's feedback was phenomenal. And, and there was one person in that circle who was like, who was like, so did you read it? He goes, yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> there was like a total lack of enthusiasm. Everyone else was very enthusiastic. This was like the one person. And he goes, well, and he went micro on it, meaning David, there's this, I don't, this part, I don't get, what do you mean by that? And what, now, and he is a writer. Okay. And he's written a lot for, uh, and he's, he's, his work's been published a lot of places. So he went micro on it. He went really into the details and we literally, so over the course of about a week, we would Skype for about 30 minutes and he, and we walked through every page. He goes, David, what, what, why are you saying that? It's like, what, what do you mean by that? And, I, and, and there were a couple of points, and it just I, it blew me away that nobody else picked up on this. There were a couple of points that I read the paragraph. I said, I have no freaking idea what the hell I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I usually can get what I'm trying to say. I'm like, oh, that's a horribly phrased sentence or is a really poorly constructed argument or whatever or the logic. But this, I was like, I got to really revisit. I have no clue what the heck I was trying to say. And so he caught some very good things. And so with those six or seven people, I kind of had my original initial barometer. Um, 
And that was my, a bit of my acid test. Well, that's good. So, all right. So we talked about this the other day because um, a lot of this is really part of that um, client conversation. A lot of this is for that, it's, which always helps designers understand better if you can kind of see inside behind the curtain at another firm and another agency. Um, so when you're pitching that design for a logo or a new company, how many options do you show? So a lot of other people, some people say one, three, five, eight, you know, they have different numbers. So yep. how many do you choose? Routinely, routinely, I will tend to do two, sometimes three. And that's because I do my homework up front. Now, let me, let me. How I'm different gonna, are those three? And I'm going to grab my water. So keep talking. Yeah. They're very, very different. Now, now's our chance to say, now's our chance to say something. We could say something about Diane. She's out of earshot. No, I'm, I'm back. Out. I'm back. Oh, she's back. Oh, damn it. We blew our opportunity. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm back. It was very fast. I was hearing you. All right. So, um. so the, 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 the basic thing that happens is they are different. No question. I don't, uh, to me, it's a bit of a slap in the face. If, I, if I'm going to literally basically have one design and say, okay, here are two slight variations, which is to me, and I've seen this done. And I think it's, to me, I think it's amateur city when, uh, when a, a designer or a branding specialist will say, basically have one design solution. And here they show a humanist sans serif and here they show it with a serif. Right. It's but like it's the same design. It's the same design. It's like, dude, it's, and one's and one's green and one's blue. I mean, something stupid like that. It's like, it's like, don't insult the people in the room. That's an insult. If you if you're gonna do the same, say, look, I am, I, I, I actually have the conviction to say, look, I've looked at your competitors, I've looked at what they're all doing and what the space, with the noise in the space, because you have to assess. You always have to assess the noise level. Some some categories of 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 um, industry are more uh, noisy. Like, for mm -hmm. example, the energy bar space, noisy, super noisy. And the, the um, how would I describe it? The uh, health supplements, pretty noisy. Skincare, unbelievably noisy. Then you can have uh, certain tech spaces are noisy. Other ones are quieter. Um, New niches will obviously be less noisy, mm -hmm. and every and every and you have things that are mainstream. You have things that are that are mainstream that will be, um, like for example, you had fast food, and then you had like the fast food casual. We had like the Chipotle of the world mm -hmm. that kind of came in, and they sort of disrupted. And now and then everybody people then people started creating models that look like that because anytime you're going to have any degree of success, others are going to emulate it period it's just right. the nature of the business the nature right. of the world so so i will i will do my homework and whenever i'm doing a presentation i will share this line of thinking with my client i will say here's our goal right so one here's our goal what did we want to achieve we wanted to introduce xyz mm -hmm. good what was our point of distinction this good what's the noise level that's the next thing, noise level. Noise level has two layers. Noise level has the message. In other words, if everybody is saying, we're the best tasting food, we're the most delicious food, 
we're the most savory food. We're the food that you'll think of after you've left us. Those are all variations on the theme. You know, it's like, it's all, (laughs) and so, and so the thing is, is like, that's the noise level in terms of message. And then you have noise level in terms of visual, right? Now, if everybody is, if everybody is a certain color scheme, if everybody has a certain, it looks very bohemian in a particular space. Well, if you're also going to come across and be bohemian, where's your distinction? Right. You're, to me, that'd be an absolutely losing proposition. Um, you, you, you can't come across and, and actually you'll, you'll know from in the book uh, as an example, this is just a good example, really pounds us home. So one, one project in a very noisy space, there's one company, I think it's called, uh, I forget the name of the company, but they, they own about 80% of the jerky space, the jerky, beef jerky that you find in the convenience stores around the world. So I was basically called, I was called by a company in the Midwest. They produce a premium brand and the premium, now the, the, you have to understand over the last seven years, there's been this growing niche it's been the gourmet mm-hmm. jerky with the new exotic flavors and more and more chewy and more moist and easier to blah, 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 blah. But they were all, they all had been around. So now, so now this is starting to get noisy. What was new now starts to become, you know, it has its mm-hmm. it increases in noise level in terms of message and look, they all have a similar kind of look and a feel and this, that, the other. There's a few standouts, but a lot of them look similar. So what I had basically was dealing with was, and this is, you know, this is, this is what these guys had before, simply snacking. Now, that pa- previous packaging, that was an, ice, <laughs> that was an eyesore. You, how the heck do you tell what flavor it is? How do you read it? What does a hummingbird have to do with, with I mean, it, the whole thing was a mishmash, and it was impossible to read. I mean, I don't know if you could see that, but that's like, oh that's, yeah, that's really hard to read. And so what happened was, this was, this is the new package. Even the quality of the paper that it's like, it looks like the jerky's like bleeding in and you're yeah. seeing and it's, it's, it's the, that you chose to package it a little differently so it wasn't so airtight or something. Exactly, exactly. And so, and so what happens here is this is the packaging after. So we wanted to make it clean. We wanted to make it, you know, this, you have to understand this, this dark blotch in the middle, that's showing the product. That's not selling product. <laughs> That's a dark blotch. And so but this, this, so we, much, did, this so we, did, we actually decided to show and take a gorgeous, a gorgeous photograph, really reproduce it well and really show it. And mm. it's clean. And part of it though was, part of it was, and uh, if, I think you can see this. This is the before and the after right there. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That new brand is awesome. Yeah. You see, and, the, and look at the tagline, nature's original protein bar. Mm. Okay, so visually, we, we rose above the noise, and message-wise, we rose above the noise. And so, that was, so the thing there was, was you know, as we, I could have said, no, we're the really tasty premium jerky gourmet bar that's delicious. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, how many, you know, it just becomes, it becomes blech at a certain right. point. So, so, with all that, you know, with that, I said, look, I said, here's, here's the homework, here's, the evolution and the thinking and the observations that lead up. And then you show your client, this is what, based on these observations, this is what we propose and why. Mm-hmm. You have your rationale. And then, and then you can show whatever you feel is legitimate. In this particular one, I think I had a couple, I, I, had, I had presented them, I believe, uh, two, two designs. This was one of them. Um, but part of it was the, 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 
nature's original protein bar was such brilliant um, brand positioning that 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 took us like to the five yard line already. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right. Yeah. So, so when you're doing these uh, pitches, um, so if like, if you have three that you're showing them, where in the process is this? Are you showing them sketches? Are you, do you meet with them initially? Then do you meet with them again to make sure that you're on? And then you do a, the, the pitch, you show them the brands, the options, or is it like you meet initially, you do all your research, and then you meet them again? Well, what I, 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 first of all, I go over the research findings with them first to make sure Before we're Before you do any? Absolutely. Okay. And it, to do any design prior to research being, being completed, reviewed, and, and agreed to by the client is stupid. With a capital S. <laughs> because the thing is, is what if the clients, what, and I'll just give this as an example. I will very often tell a client, I'll say, look, it's very possible we may have during the course of this evolution, we may, we may discover things and find that things are going to evolve and change. So for example, and I give, and I give this as an example. I say, have you ever had a room in your home that you just let it go for a while. And it was like, you know, five years, seven years, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years. And finally the honeydew list was about to burst uh, right on your head. It was going to be like, honey, we're doing this room this weekend. Or basically I, I will, I'll chop your feet off or something, you know, some, some lovely threat. And so, and so what happens is, is you now paint the room and you're thrilled. Finally, these walls are clean. And as you're looking over this wall, of these, this, the walls in the room, your eyes happen to pan across the ceiling, which up till now, that ceiling was completely tolerable. But now that you have white walls or, or, or clean walls, all of a sudden, that ceiling is so discolored and horrible and unacceptable, intolerable. And all of a sudden, and it, only because you've corrected one thing, it doesn't make the ceiling worse than it was. It now just makes it observable. Right. And so, and so I, I state that. And so I make sure that, that I'm going to, I'm going to go over the observations and the homework and make sure that it's all understandable and that it's clear. It, sometimes they, some occasionally, not, not in the majority, but occasionally they'll be like, wow, you know, we never looked at it from this standpoint before, you know, now that you've shown us this, there's actually this company and this company and this company that we're actually competing against too. Hmm. So all of a sudden you'll end up having, it'll raise their awareness and now you'll all of a sudden have someone new on the radar that wasn't there before. So why would I have wanted to get into designing without all of that information? Well, it also brings them to the table. It kind of makes them feel like part of the process and, and that it's not just grounded in what you thought was good, but it's exactly. actually grounded in something. So I'm going to skip ahead to another question because I know we, I'm going to talk to you more about the pitch, but really it, how do you, because you're not doing all this research. You have some people, I'm sure you do some of it, but you have some people that are doing this. Well, how, do, how would I find somebody that's doing the market research for me? Because I think this is, you've found somebody that's worked with you for years and clearly you have a good relationship with them. You, they know what you want and then you, and you know how to communicate, but how would I find somebody to do some of this? Because I think a lot of times we're trying to do a lot of this on our own. Right. So the, uh, unless, unless you are 
a brilliant genius. And if you are, awesome. But I mean, if you, but, uh, but unless you're a brilliant genius, it's a lot for, for, to put on one's shoulders to go, okay, I'm going to speak to some customers. I'm going to speak to some frontline salespeople and I need to, and I, and I, I'm going to ask them the right questions to really find out what are the triggers that result in new customers. Um, and then, you know, what, what are you going to ask? Like, for example, there's one thing that I go over. I tell clients, I said, if you're, if you, I said, sometimes they get really excited and they, and they say, you know, we want to share this internally. I said, that's good. I said, but you have to agree to one thing. You cannot under any circumstance, you can there's a four word question that you, you ask it and I will double my rates. <laughs> And that question is, what do you think? If you show some people things and just say, what do you think? Um, that's, you, like, that's opening up, that, to me, that opens up the gates to hell. What they, in what context? In what context? As a buyer? As a seller? <laughs> right. is, are, are they having a bad time of, of the year? Did they just break up with somebody? Does the color remind them of their dog that got run over last week? I mean, right. it's like, so poorly structured. Well, and... It, and that was something that you taught me a long time ago. No design by committee. You deal with one person and that's part of the contract. And it is, it goes right back to this because when you start asking everybody what you think, if it's somebody's mom or somebody's sister, they're not even connected to the company. They don't know. They're just talking about their, what they like and that yeah. might not be the customer. So they need to understand that. So I, I love that. I think it's hilarious, yeah. but I also think it's, it's ballsy because it doesn't always happen that we can do that. Um, so, but it always can be, Brian was designing something yesterday and I think the only way, um, it was a very small group, I guess, and he was getting feedback, but he's like, maybe this is the only way design works is when you have design by committee when it's designers, right? Because, um, because we were clear, we were fast and we, we knew he was making good decisions. Yes. So I just, I just think it's, it's funny, but, so, so you go into these, um, the client meetings, but how, how are you finding these kind of market research people it's, or how uh, did you find this person in the beginning? It's, 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 it's over the years. It's like one person leading to another and it was trial and error. Um, you know, and, and so like, I, like I have, I have, I have two different people. One is one does, um, basically does what I call the message audit. I say, okay, I want you to look in the industry. These are the primary mm -hmm. competitors. I want you to check out, do a, conduct a message audit. And I want to know what are their, you know, what are their slogans? What are their, this, what's, what are their points of distinction, how they pitch it. Um, and I also do my own personally, as well as I have another uh, colleague who does just the, just the, um, I guess I would say customer facing uh, interviews. And those, to, and those are, those are faced more like on the phone. The reason, the reason that I uh, advocate that because you are able to really suss out what people are really thinking. I will nine times out of 10, I'll always ask the question why at the end of a question. Mm -hmm. So in other words, it's like, so which one of these would capture your attention most? Why? Right. That why will give me so much more information than which one do you like? And then at the same time, which one of these would attract your attention? Now, now notice the words I'm using. I'm saying would attract your attention, mm -hmm. you know, or if you are in the market looking for X, Y, Z, which one of these would, would be of interest to you? 
okay? Um, those are very specific. And, and then I ask why. And if you're in the, in, the, in the market for looking for XYZ, which one of these would, would be the least interesting to you? And why? And they, you know, and they say, well, that one, that one looks like a run over puppy. And, uh, you know, and, and, and the other one looks like a, look, looks like a, a filet mignon at a really good restaurant. I don't know. But I mean, you know, you, you, until you ask why, you don't actually get these insights. And, so, so as and, you're, as you're finding these people, are you, you have actually have to go through some, so is there some like that they've done this kind of work in the past or that they're familiar say, yeah. with branding and marketing or? I, what I do is I have a heart to heart. I have a heart to heart, not, not dissimilar to the conversation we're having now. I'll say, uh, like if I, let, let's say you said you were, let's say as an example, you, Diane, you, you were like, hey, I'm a researcher. So I mean, I would say, I say, great. So Diane, here's the deal. Let me tell you a bit about myself. I'm a branding guy and this is what I've been doing. I've been doing this for 36 years. Da, 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 da. These are the kinds of clients that I deal with. This is the kind of stuff that I look for. Most of the stuff that I find, and I, and I tell them what I like about what I find that works in, in market research and what I find that doesn't work. And I'll say, look, the stuff that I can't stand in market research is when someone comes back to me with just a bunch of collected facts that are not correlated in any way. Mm. That's you. And I say that is useless to me. That's I'm, like doing a Google search. You could do that. I could do that. And that's, and that is, and, and, I, and I make it very clear. I say that is useless to me. And it's a waste of my time. And it's a waste of your time. Now, what is valuable to me, on the other hand, is blah, 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 blah. And, and it's like very straight up. It's very straight to the point. And sometimes you, you, sometimes it's a matter of like they're either saying the right thing or they're not, or they can give an example, or they might, I say, give me an example of how you've solved this with others. And, and that will sometimes be a way to flesh out hmm. um, where, you know, they may say, well, because where they get excited, where they get unexcited, if they look dead through the entire conversation, that's always a bad sign. Um, you know, if they, it looks like they haven't taken a breath in the last three weeks, that's, that's always a bad sign. Um, you know, so I, I am just taking notes and notes and notes. Like I'm out of space. I'm going to have to, so, but I love this, this, but so it's the same if you were hiring an intern or you were hiring a designer, you're just asking them what their kind of background is it's a little bit harder to see um, portfolio, right? Uh, so yeah. you're just kind of looking at what they've worked on and maybe what some of the returns are. But it's really about can they give you the information that you're asking and it's about you having clear questions that they're going to go out and-, well, it's, and it's, it, it's true. And, and, and even for example, I mean, like I mentioned in the beginning, I think I said that in 2018, I started this, uh, the One Minute Wednesday uh, series. Mm -hmm. So- you know, in the, in the last quarter of last year, I, I decided I wanted to do that. I'm doing that as a test in consistency of output on YouTube. That's actually what it really is. It, I, I know I have the content. It was just a matter of like, okay, what is that? I mean, I, I've never done that. I've mm -hmm. actually, I've done various different things. Some have gone viral, some have not. Um, but I've never had that continuity. Mm -hmm. And how does that change the, 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 the context of my relationship with people who know of me, people who have followed me, people who are newly learning about me. Um, and so that's what that is. But to discover the talent, um, there was one person I was interviewing that I was like, okay, here's the deal. I'll pay, I'll pay for this. You do a couple of versions. Let's see, let's see. I'll, I'll know from what you do, whether or not we're, we're going to actually work together or not. So I invested a little bit. 
he invested the time. I invested the money. We did that. And it was like, and, and one that I thought would crush it was horrendous. It was, it was despicable. I, I couldn't stand watching myself. That's how bad it was. And then the, and then the other one, the other one was totally, he did it on his own. He goes, he actually started doing something and asking me questions. And he goes, hold on. And he started turning on his camera and, I, and it was just a dialogue back and forth. And that one had the, that one had much more magic, much more mm. value. Um, and was, and was much more uh, digestible in terms of something that was of interest. So, you know, that the, the, he showed me initiative. He showed me that he was, he was hungry. Hmm. He showed me that he, you know, that he had pride in what he was doing. And so that was, that, that was just an example. So that's one example. So it sounds like one of the, your superpowers is to not micromanage, to let really people trust their instincts and what they're really good at. And you kind of get out of the way. Um, Unless they make a few, if they right. make, if they, if they make, if they make a few missteps, I start, I, I, I don't micromanage. I, I dictate kindly. But you also have clear goals of what they're supposed It's not I, like you I, were, you're, but when, once somebody good. has a good relationship with you, you, they know what you're trying to get. You're clear in what you're asking them to do. So yeah. Jason asked, um, how do you ensure the process doesn't go through a committee? And I know we've talked about this before, but oh, would you mind? Yeah, yeah. Answering it again. Sorry. I mean, all right. So, so here's the here's the basic deal. I mean, I I'm interviewing them as much as I'm being interviewed. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm meeting uh, someone for the first time, I I do not consider that I'm being interviewed because to me being interviewed is a very subservient pose. I I reject that outright. Um, I'm a, I'm I'm a professional. I I will help my clients kick major ass. Okay, mm-hmm. I will. And if they're smart enough to, to hire me. More power to them. Let's let's rock it. Let's get this party started. So the thing is, is I'm interviewing them as much, and I will basically say, now here's the deal. So, oh, and let me back this up. Ninety percent of the time, I make sure that I'm working with, or not, at least ninety percent of the time, I'm working with the founder, owner, or creator of that company. I am not. I will avoid a very heavily bureaucratic or heavily layered organization where I'm dealing with the senior VP of blah, 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 who answers to blah, 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 mm-hmm. because that person's oftentimes second guessing and hoping, and sometimes they're making political decisions, meaning, well, you know, if they do this, that might advance their career. Right. Now, I'm not there to advance their career. I'm there to actually make that brand crush it. Right. Now, that's a very different objective than someone who's kind of like making career-based moves. Now, so I watch for that. But the thing is, so knowing that I'm speaking to a prime owner, I then, it's like, who's involved in the decision-making process? Now, sometimes they'll mm. surprise me and they'll say, well, it's me, it's my, my father, who you started this company, and his brother, and their uncle, and their four cousins, and their 17, you know, sister-in-laws. I mean, it just gets ridiculous. You know, it's like, that's ridiculous. So, um, I, I vet that out. I mean, usually the answer is, well, it's me. It's, it's like maybe the four of us. And I can say, okay, well, let me ask some. So what if you guys don't all agree? Mm. What if you don't all agree? I said, who's going to be the one to make the final decision? Because the thing is, I said, I already know my job here. My job is to help guide you and to steer you, um, give you relevant information, relevant insights, um, and give you something that's going to do its job in the marketplace. So who's going to make the, the decision? And if, there's, if sometimes they have to do a little soul searching, most of the time it's like, no, that's me. 
I mean, it's like almost, it's almost immediately that what that that person's already known. It's like, no, that's going to be me. I'm like, good. I said, as long as that's clear, because the thing is, and I and I make it very specific. I say, the the I don't work. I don't want to work with committees. It will a committee has never innovated anything. And I actually, there's a local company who will remain unnamed that. I thought that I was meeting with a new VP of, mar of marketing who was brought in to really get their brand on the road. And I met with them. Now, I thought that I was meeting with this one person. I show up. There's, a, there's an entire freaking uh, uh, boardroom with, I think, nine people. Because we, were, because we were having lunch. Having lunch, quote, unquote. I thought having I thought okay we're we're gonna grab go you know, I was gonna meet and we were then gonna go out and grab lunch and talk about what she, what her objectives were with the, in her new position. No, the, it's like that. And so I said, and I could feel it was very funny to say, but I'm talking and so now I'm finding that I'm being I am now being interviewed by nine people, mm -hmm. and I'm like this is interesting. This is that I, I I was not my my expectations that we were ever going to work together were diminishing by the <laughs> nanosecond. And so, so this is happening and I'm, I'm showing them this and showing them that and all the various bits and pieces that I wanted to show them. And then I said, generally, I said, I said, do you guys work as a committee? Cause I basically, I don't work with committees. I said, and the reason that I say that, and I could feel probably three of them really they tightened up. And the other, and probably, and about three or four of them kind of were like, oh, cool. They didn't say it, but you could feel it. <laughs> and, and I was like, I said, committees don't get stuff done. Hmm. To which, no, whether they were, whether they liked <laughs> me saying it or didn't like me saying it, they all could actually kind of like, I said, committees aren't known for their efficiency <laughs> right. or, or decisiveness. And, 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 I even, and I even had a client of mine took me by surprise who actually read my book. It was the only person who actually gave me, he actually gave me a, a, a critique of three particular points. Really kind of like he, he, he was kind of almost, it was a little like, I, how can you say this, David? And one of the points was committee. And he goes, and I've worked with blah, 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 blah. And what he described, I said, what you're describing there is a think tank. Hmm. I said, a think tank is not a committee. I'm talking about when, when you take, you know, five, seven, ten people, bring them into a room, and now we're applying the principle of, you know, everyone is equal. Everyone has a right to say their piece, whether they have two days on the job or 25 years, or they actually have dealt with customers, or they've only stocked boxes in the back room. It doesn't matter. They, they all have equal say. How the hell did that ever come to be? Mm -hmm. So that, so I said that, I said, a think tank, I agree with a think tank. I said, I can appreciate a think tank. Um, but a committee, no. And he goes, oh, okay. He goes, good. I'm glad to see we're on the same page. I was very surprised because this is a very, a very bright um, client of mine, exceedingly bright, exceedingly successful. So, yeah, but anyway, those are the ways that I clarify the point. All right. So uh, one of the other questions that kind of goes into this, which you've kind of already talked about, is that you are kind of interviewing them as well. So what are the criteria you see when you're talking to a client that makes it say, mm, this isn't going to work? What would be a, a for sure you're not going to work with them? And then what would be a for sure, oh my goodness, yes, we were meant to work together? Well, let me see. Um, I mean, as far as working together, I'd say, you know, is there a hunger? Hmm. Is, there, is there a real kind of, is there a real drive and a real, um, 
Mm. They want to do something great. That they are willing to disrupt. That they're willing to do almost whatever it takes mm. to get to get to the finish line. That's um, very Shark Tankish. You know, they'll be kind of like that too. Yep. Like, what will you be willing to give up? Right. Yep. Yep. I mean, so that's so that's one thing. The, the the some of the red flags are, you know. I don't know why, but I've always loved the color turquoise. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's okay. <laughs> right. How's I like the, macaroni. How, how's, the, how's the weather over there? I mean, what do you want to say to that? It's ridiculous. <laughs> right. Um, you know, things like that are kind of weird. Or, or I mean, I mean, there's one client I never should have taken him on. This person. Now I'm a great fan of David Ogilvy. Right. Mm. Um, the 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 great the great advertising um guru legend um now i love he's very astute very sharp um very 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 just really had a bead on the power of language and, and its role in messaging but now i had someone who said they really loved david ogilvy now the thing was was this was a person i found out on into the project that was we, we retired it. There was no way for me to ever, ever satisfy him or the need of the company. He was like, if anything that I said or did that wasn't something that could basically be referenced to some page in David Ogilvy's books, um, basically it was kind of like, uh, where did you get that? Where did David Ogilvy ever say that? <laughs> I'm like, um, you know, I mean, when someone is that, that, that see to me, I, and I think we've talked about this, I operate on a principle that that rules enable one to follow, knowledge enables one to lead. To me, and, and that's a principle in the book of like, I don't want, I don't, the book is not filled with rules for you to blindly follow. It's not there so you could just go, you know, oh, oh it says it in the book, so therefore I'm going to now just do it. No, this makes you think. Mm -hmm. It makes you go, it makes you ask why. Mm -hmm. It makes you question and confirm is this the best that we could do, you know, and how, how, what's the baseline from which we are, it was our starting point because so many companies have the, what's the baseline as their finish line. They only get to that point and it's like, yep, we opened at nine o'clock and we closed at five o'clock. And when people walked in the store, we said, hello. Yeah. But <laughs> did you help them? Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, you know, so it's kind of like, so that to me that I talk a lot about expectations and a lot about where's your starting line. And, and there, and there is, and I, I'm a firm believer that there is no finish line. It's so like, it's, yeah. So that goes to the next question. And it was something we, you covered in the book and it's kind of going to have to probably be our last question. Cause I know you got other things to do and I really appreciate your time. Um, but was, can you talk about the ignoring expectations part of the book and why that uh, way of thinking has helped you be successful because I think that's what you're talking about right right now. Can you just elaborate a little bit more on that? Sure. So the thing is, so the thing is, is as far as expectations go, um, well, I mean, I, I mean, it's probably jarring to some people to say what ignore expectations. I say yes, ignore expectations because usually expe what people set up as expectations are horrendously low. Hmm. So. To me, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like I, I put it like in two columns. There's the things that are mandatory, and then there's the things that are like like considered luxuries. Okay, mm -hmm. mandatory, like like and and here's here's an example that I used. It, it's it's not a luxury to take your next breath. 
It's not nice if you do that. It's mandatory that you do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then it's mandatory after that to then exhale, then take another breath and to do that with a good degree of regularity and <laughs> et cetera. Right. So the thing is, is, is too often expectations are too low. It's like, you know, we're going to do okay work or we're going to provide good quality service or we're going to say hello to people when they call up or we're going to be helpful or we're going to respond to them in within 24 hours or, 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 I mean, take any of those things or we're going to use good quality materials if we're making a car or, 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 or we're not going to use stuff. We're not, if we're designing something that's supposed to be pretty, we're not going to use stuff that has a blemish. Well, I would hope so. Why the hell would I want to buy something with a blemish? You know, so, so that, those are, those are the things that are expectations that are low. And that's why I say, that's why I say, you want to recognize expectations as what are the mandatory things that you need to do just to operate? Right. Well, and I think for me, when I heard, uh, you know, you say this and talk about this, I also think about the expectations that like the, with Botanical Bakery, where this was a cookie company, you made her look at it like in a different way because she was so focused, she wanted to fit in, but really she needed to stand out. How is her cookie different and how could you make that? So it's really kind of about perspective and and adjusting that so that you're not just putting yourself in a box. Same way with the beef jerky, same, same sort of thing. Yes, you're playing in that field, but it, you don't just have to play in that field. You could, you could, you you took it to a protein bar field, and so it's an even bigger market, and it it became something else, which I think is a really smart way to do. And also, you're helping your clients think differently about their audience, think differently about their the the marketing that goes in and who they can reach, instead of it being so specific to one type of person. Totally, totally. And if you want, by the way, I mean, and, and if you want, because we, we haven't shared a lot of it. I know I've shown some things. If you wanted, you know, I mean, I, I mean, because, because we, we, we still have. We have a few questions for sure. Well, answer you, you this have, one. You have, you have questions and I, and I, and I, I have visuals that I could show if people wanted to see, you know, things from, from the office or spreads from the book or whatever like that, or some of the, what some of the readers did. I'm, I'm, so I'm, let's talk about that. So what have been some of the surprises? We're going to go a little long guys. If you need to go, uh, totally appreciate you being no, here. No, no, Di- Diane, Diane's wrong. You're here. You're <laughs> staying here until we're done with you. We'll let you know when you can leave. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you had, you had really some really good, and you've talked a little bit about some of those, um, uh, responses that, people have given you. And one of the ones that really struck me when we were talking that it really was spanning. Again, a lot of these people were not necessarily designers, but crew says you're a dictator. I'm a dictator. Um, That's uh, right. Don't you forget it. <laughs> um, but you really had a, from the millennials, you had a different reaction and then you have from entrepreneurs and business oh. owners. Can you great. kind of talk a little bit about that? Sure. Okay. So the thing, so the thing is, is and you might the, show some visuals in this yeah, one. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Actually, this is the perfect time for me to show. All right. So I want to, <laughs> I want to show the, on the show here. So what I'm going to do, let me find screen, screen share at the bottom. If you hover no, no, over I got, my I got face. The screen oh. share. I just want to, I want to get the, I want to oh. get the, actually, actually I'll do, I'll just do the whole desktop and that'll keep it simple for me to navigate. Perfect. All right. So, so here's, so here's for example. All right. So what I'm going to do, Let's see. So 
All right. So, so for those that haven't seen the book cover, there's the book cover. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is the book cover, the front and back. And obviously, you know, we've got, got a nice quote from Damon John, a great quote from Grant Cardone, number one sales guy, New York Times bestselling author, mm. Stu Sharman, very successful, Ted Rubin, a social media legend, Sam Hurley, a social media legend, et cetera. Okay, wait, um, I have a question from the audience. So just yes. wait for a second. So yep. Doc, I love Doc. Um, he has a great uh, question, which, you know, David, you kind of, you you have a, a amazing energy. Like I've told you this plenty of times. And we can tell him about the coffee thing if you don't mind. If you want to give him that, if they buy a hardback book and send you the receipt, you'll send oh, I will, this. Oh, I'll, I'll show you that right after. I will absolutely show that right after. I'll show you the bling. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Doc asks, as designers, some of us are not as confident as you are, which Doc, you should totally be confident because your stuff's amazing. How did you develop this? How did you develop your confidence and overcome the second guessing in your own abilities, especially when steering others? And this wasn't covered yet. So this is a great question. Good. So, um, well, the first, the, I guess part of it is you have to step back you have to look and go, oh, wait a second. This company came to me. They have a need. You're letting them down as well as yourself if you don't actually step up to actually own the, your position. They came to you for a reason. It's not because of your cologne. It's not because of your fashion statement. It's not because, you know, and, 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 the, the, thing, the thing that I never lose sight of is the fact that I am offering a service, the service called branding. Part of that service is the design, part of it is the language, part of it is the color, part of it is, the, is giving the overall vocabulary in terms of words, imagery, color, design, shapes, etc. So that's part of it is they came to you, they need you, live up to that. That, that to me is the simplest thing that I would say. So um, I also say to like a student is that because I think they, there's a lot of doubt there. So you got to think that and, and it doesn't matter if you didn't go to school for this. You've more than likely read it. You've, you've done some sort of investigation on your own. You could probably tell them how many books you've bought. If you did spend money in an education, you, you've learned this. They have not ever studied this. So what makes you trust a doctor? you know, that's determining if you have allergies, right? They're doing the same sort of test. They prick you and they put a whole bunch of things on your, your arm to see if you are allergic. Well, that's exactly what you're doing. You have to test the market. So you kind of have to just, I think, explain. But for, for anybody who's right there with Doc, right there with me, I have that same issue. I have to tell myself, well, I, I studied this and I do know what I'm talking about. You know, the other day, and this is totally off topic and I'm sorry, well, it's not really off topic. Anyway, so my friend, Cindy, one of my clients, she, you know, when you, maybe this doesn't happen to you, David, but it happens to me. So the, she was, I do their website and do everything for them. And she said, oh, Marilyn um, went on a webinar and they reviewed our website. And I'm like, dun, dun. you know, when I'm thinking, <laughs> oh no. And I just knew, because I have such a negative self-talk. Is anybody in the that's here, is anybody like this? Um, and if you are, say it in the chat. Um, but I thought, oh, no, I've done something wrong. 
but ended up that it was like some webinar that that was some marketing person and you know i again did not look into who they were and what kind of research they had done right. or or what they had how much they knew or where they had gotten their information or i didn't look at anything yeah at all i still haven't but they actually gave me super praise. They were like, this is the best website. Somebody really took the time to do this. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my client. I'm going to lose my client. That's what I thought, you know, but it was, and I, either way, but why do I accept the praise easily? But, and, but I'm so ready to accept that it was terrible, you know, but I, but I really shouldn't accept either until I read about that person and see if they have the, the, you know, I don't know, the knowledge, the experience to be able to analyze websites or any marketing materials or anything like that. And I guess, I guess that's kind of along the same lines. Um, I mean, I was really glad they really liked my website, but yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. So hopefully, hopefully the doc, did that answer your question? And nothing. I, okay. He said, yes. Okay. Good. So back to the book. So forward by Damon John. So how, how do you know Damon? Damon was the result. Um, I, I had written about 50 blog posts for fast company. I, um, just over the course of persistence and such, I ended up, um, having a column on fast company magazine, being a big fan of shark tank. I ended up writing for fast company. And so I wrote an article on fast company. I, wrote down uh, my wife and I are big big fans of the show and we had looked at this and I said well what's the common qualities that the those who get deals what are the common characteristics they have that was a a, a thing I asked myself Um, and so I wrote it down I wrote down my my answer and within I don't know a a couple days or a few days or whatever uh, Damon John had tweeted out. No, I had not, I didn't know Damon other than seeing him on the show. I didn't know him at that point. Um, and I said, he goes, this is the best article ever written on shark tank. He tweeted it out. And I was like, yeah, Uh, that's (laughs) awesome. And so I was just completely blown away. And of course I retweeted it and then I reached out and I said, Hey man, you know, Thanks so much. He goes, hey, and he's like, well, thank you. And I mean, it was like, got a response from Damon. And then I said, you know, I said, you, you really need a, ki- a killer slogan, man. You need a killer, a killer slogan. Um, I said something like, a Damon is a girl's best friend. And, <laughs> and he goes, I love it. And I said, why don't, why don't we do an interview? And I'll actually, I'll, I'll write an article. I'll do an article on you with that, with that title. He goes, awesome. Anyway, from there on, we just became buddies. So that, that's how that happened. That's so, awesome. So, but this is, but this is, this is this in the book. There's, there's about 10 or 12 or 15 of these. These are kind of like my call outs, but these I did as, as sort of semi deco ish, uh, illustrated. Um, and, and, and they're all a little bit different, um, in the way that they're treated, but they all use this color theme and all this kind of stuff. And anyway, that, th- these, these are in the book. Um, 
I yeah. love these, the tell a story. The yeah, the the yeah, exactly. I mean, I I love the I love the feel of the organic feel of the mm. of the typography and the chapters were bold. The type is large. This is the type type, and and this, this is why I wanted to show you because you asked about. Mm-hmm. So I I unknown to me, people who are fifty years and older would open up the book and look at this and see this and they go. Finally, a book that I could read without my cheaters. Now you have to understand, this is a full eight by ten. This is not a small book. It's not right. like some little pocket book thing. This is a full eight by ten inch book. So this is large. This is thirty six point. Okay, your usual book is somewhere between somewhere eleven point or twelve point. Okay, this is thirty six point. So Carly, Carly asked if you self published. Yes. So is yes. it? Are you printing through Amazon and they're printing on demand? Absolutely not. No, because the only scenario that Amazon seems to have is they say, when anybody says, design your book in Microsoft Word, at that point, I stop reading. <laughs> so, so, but you found some place to print and Ingram. then you, okay. in, in, Ingram, Ingram does probably somewhere between 75 to 90% of all of the, all of the, all of the print on demand books that you order from mm-hmm. Amazon, as well as as well as others, and they have distribution channels, and Ingram is, Ingram is the company that we chose. And then do, you got your own ISBN. I mean, anybody can, can that's right. that, it's not that difficult to get an, or apply for an ISBN. Correct, but, you, but, but if you know you're gonna do some books, buy the 10 pack, because the 10, exactly. I, think, I think the 10 pack is 250, and, but, but one ISBN is 125. Yeah, I mean, Carlos says it's just expensive to make a book. Yep. It is. Okay. So, so back to, so you're, they didn't have to, the 50 year olds didn't have to use their cheaters. And then, and then the millennials and younger were like, you finally get me because, because let's look at this. We have, we have on these two spreads about seven sentences. They, you can read this in, you know, what, 20 seconds. The fact that they could read it in the way that they're accustomed to that. Yeah, you have to understand one thing I, I kind of jokingly say, but I think it's true. There's a whole generation that there's a generation of those of us who grew up in actual physical, physical uh, neighborhoods. Then there's, mm. then there's those, their neighborhood was Facebook. Hmm. And so they're accustomed to reading these little snippets, these little things and these short things and tweets and, and blah, 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 blah. And the little inspirational quotes on Instagram or whatever. And they, and they loved this. So it was fascinating to see those two different, totally different generations, very, sometimes very, very diametrically opposed that they both just loved the look and the feel. Hmm. This is the playbook, which I showed you a little bit of. This is one of the, this is where I talk, you know, this is, an, this, is a, this is the one on exceeding expectations that you see right there. Mm-hmm. This one, I mean, literally this, the product on the left is what they were selling. I said, you can't Man. sell that product like that. And they're like, and they're like, why? I said, because it looks like a condom. It does it not, totally look like a, it doesn't look like a meal replacement. And so, and they're like, oh my gosh. Anyway, but I go over these things. I, I, I just, I, and I cover that in the book and there's that. And, um, and, the, and after the book was read, was written and I was, we were doing the final tweaks. This hit me this after the book was written. I, I was like, oh, this is why I wrote mm. the book. And it's the, that it's the job of each of us to rescue ideas, dreams, and inspirations before they hit the junk, the, they reach the junk heap of compromise and mediocrity. I hope you join me in this mission. So it makes it bigger. It's not just me. It's, it, I was, it wasn't me 
saying, hey, look at me. It was me saying, hey, let's look at this problem together. And mm -hmm. that to me is the dividing line of those who are listening. That's the dividing line. If you, if you walk in and you're saying, hey, here's a problem. You, you have the problem as a client. I am here to help you solve that problem. And we're looking at that together. You're both on the same side of the line. If you're showing up as a designer and they're the company to be designed, you're, there's a dividing line. You're not really on the same side entirely. You, it, may, you, it may grow into a collaboration, but the other context that I mentioned is the one that's really, you know, that really makes a difference. You know, this, this was cheese. I literally cut out of cheese. This is for a food client. I actually cut it out of cheese myself. And um, anyway, that was a blast. You did a great job. Thanks. And this one is from, great. Yeah, company from the Netherlands. Just an example of before and after. Yeah, it looks terrific. And for and and a little little bit. This is this is where this is where everybody can get a little design geek. Yes, the percent or actually the percentage of the yellow, the 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 blend on the yellow against the black is different and lighter than the percentage. You would not be able to tell the difference unless I told you. But the, but the percentage against the white had to be a little bit deeper and denser because otherwise it was too washed out. But when you put them side by side, they actually look like they're identical. Cool. So a little bit of design geek. Little mm -hmm. We can geek out together going, oh, isn't that cool? That's like a 7% like a <laughs> difference, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so I also want to make sure people remember, and I'm going to share the Amazon link again. So there's hardcover and, and this piece, we have done a whole show just on this brand and how or the, the one you just had pulled yep. up. That's right, um, Mega. Oh man, it is so awesome. So you have the um, hardcover or the paperback. And yeah, but the, th but the thing is, but the thing is, here, here's the deal. And any anybody, anybody, and Diane, I, I know, I'm, I know, I'm stomping on you. Right? I'm, I'm throwing you under the bus right now. It's okay. I don't drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you got. You have to. You, you, the production values. I will tell you. Actually, mm. the production values between. The paperback, I discovered this after the fact, but the production values between the paperback and the hardcover are not identical. The hardback mm. actually has superior production values. It's printed on a different press. Mm. And so, but what I would say to you is for any of you guys now, because I, I did, I did bling. I, I was, I was a shameless, I was a shameless, just, I was an animal when it came to this stuff. But I actually, I actually, this is the, this is the coffee that I actually designed. Okay. It's, I, I designed we, I have this coffee. I discovered this coffee because I spoke in the Museum of Modern Art last uh, August. And this, uh, I, so I actually contacted the roaster. I got them to produce this. And I will tell you, you buy, and if you, this only applies if you're in the U.S. You buy this this week. It's like, so that's like either today or tomorrow or Friday. You buy your hardcover book this week and you email me at david at risingabovethenoise.com. David at risingabovethenoise.com. I will mail you your own bag of this coffee, and it is amazing. And it's actually a North Carolina uh, roaster. Raleigh, North Carolina. They're amazing, because because I also did. I also designed chocolate cure number thirty four. That uh, one is beautiful, and the packaging this, on that is just killer. Yeah, it's it was a, it was a blast. And everyone said, well, why cure number thirty four? Well, because the thing is, is the book is the book is thirty three steps to transform the brand you have into the brand you need. And if all of the and if and if you weren't getting the exact results you were you should have been getting from those thirty three steps, chocolate solves everything. Hence, cure thirty number thirty four. <laughs> I love that. And, and this is then this is them being produced at the place. Mm. 
and uh, and here's a here's another another shot. But anyway, yeah, there, it's just it's a blast. And so that that that's that. But the, but get the hardcover. Just don't even don't even don't even if you if you wonder about it, I'll 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 find you. I'll find you. <laughs> but then, do you want to? Do you want to? You want me to show the readers what the what the readers did? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Because so some of these were kind of some uh, fun and surprising, right? Oh, com- uh, utterly. So the thing. So the thing that happened was the thing. The thing that happened with these guys is they ended up. They ended up actually surprising me a lot, and I asked uh, one uh, one. Um, book buyer. I said, Hey, why don't you take a photograph of you reading the book? That'd be like, awesome. I just thought it'd be a cool idea. It's just like I did it randomly. Send me a picture. Then, then I, then I shared it. And then I, then I started getting pictures from all, from all these people and I'll share some of these with you. So, um, so this is, this is a guy you'll see, you saw the cheese type. He, he cut out of cheese. The, hmm. He cut that out of cheese. With, that's him with his daughter. That's Brian. Uh, I think I, I don't want to screw up Brian's last name, but it might be Brian Butkowski. Um, and anyway, he, we've become buddies on LinkedIn and anyway, mm. this he did with his daughter. This was a dentist who actually did this. He actually did this. He, he did this pose. And I said, I said, what's the deal? I said, is it, are you looking for instructions on what to do? <laughs> what, 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 how to like, you know, extract a tooth or actually that you just can't tear yourself away from, from the book. Anyway, he, he decided it was the latter. This is... <laughs> This is a company, uh, an Italian lighting company. They all they get, mm. they get bought a bunch of books, and they just went crazy over them. And then this is Ian Paget from the UK. So Ian has his hardcover, and anyway, there he is with with his book collection and all that stuff. And so that was a blast. And this is a, this is a, a local store nearby. They had these three books, and so that this was like it was it was kind of like a Busby Berkeley production. And so this was just classic. It was during the holidays, so they had all their had their little headgear. And then, yes, Ian Paget is Logo Geek. Absolutely, Liam, yep, Ian Paget from Logo Geek. And this is and this is uh, someone who, who he and Yoda they were involved. <laughs> so this is someone who in their bubble bath was this picture. So this book, the book is like God, these are from all over the place. Mm-hmm. These are literally from all over the place. This guy's from Philly, so he has all this Philly paraphernalia, and you know. And anyway, it's just so that just go. Oh, and, and here and here was one. Yeah, that one was a ice good one. Fishing. This guy's ice fishing with the book, and so when you're creating something, you can generate a lot of excitement, and people just really got into these wild scenarios, and they were just they were just awesome. But I think you you also asked them to be become part of it so that oh, it yeah. wasn't. Oh no, yeah, I basically said I said, hey, look, I'd love to have you participate. Right. Yeah, I, I invited their participation. I, I which is I, kind of what you do with your clients as well. You know, of course. You, you're it's it very always what you're doing with everything. Oh, totally. And this <laughs> is and and everyone knows everyone knows the Mailchimp. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows like is it is it Sammy or or Jeffrey from the Mail? It's one of those names. It's, it's the, that's the semi, that's it. Freddie, he said. Freddie, Freddie. Freddy. So we got Freddie. So that so that, you know, that's, so I mean, for those that are, this is, this is our office. It's beautiful. And so, 
And so there, oh, what's this one? The oh, red yeah. couch. Oh, the, 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 the great, the great sort of, I don't even know what color, like, it's like, almost like a pumpkin. It's almost like a pumpkin colored mm. couch. And so anyway, but those are, but those are uh, some of the, some of the little goodies that, um, <laughs> oh, and here's, here's, here's one, here's one other, you might, might, might as well see this. This is when, when Damon John presented this to me, the, the, this is from, this is the, um, he, he presented this medallion to me, the presidential ambassador for global entrepreneurship. So I have this, I, he, I, he gave this to me after we'd, we'd been buddies for a bit and he'd come out with the power of broke and shared with us. I, mean, I literally was mm. coming back from an international entrepreneurship convention and this was awaiting. My wife had left a message saying, call me as soon as you're, as soon as you're, you, you have your layover in Florida and uh, you won't believe what came in the mail. And so. Oh, that's so cool. So anyway, but there's a, but that gives you a few little snippets. That's terrific. I think you gave us a ton of information. Always do. I hope we answered a bunch of people's questions. I think we're going to have to have you back on and do kind of dig down more into your, what you do with your pitch and how you're, what you're presenting and how you're um, taught again, just more how the conversation goes with the client. And it sure. could be even after revisions, how do those talks go, things like that. Or yeah. uh, one thing I, I asked you because I recently uh, did a book with a friend of mine, Ben Hannum, and we had a ton of trouble with, not trouble, but Doc knows because he was featured in there, um, that we had, you know, we had to get all these rights from all the c- companies, not just the cl- not just the designers, but also, and so... I said, well, how do you get around that? Because you had tons of stuff in there. And you told me a great piece of information, which now I have on all my contracts. Do you want to tell everybody what it is? Sure. Very simple. I simply say that that we have, it's one one of the uh, final items that goes along in our our sort of, it's under a section we call assumptions. Uh, which is more of a legal term, but that's that it's it, that's the context. And one of them is that we have the right to display the work that's done, the approved work that's done, as work that we have produced for the client. Mm. It's that simple, and they and they sign off on that. It's a it's a it's in writing. It's there. Anyway, I love it because that I think that, but that covers you for all your clients if you have that in there. So just a little bit. Um, and and by 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 the way, what is Jason asking? Jason is asking, what so is your show? Clea, no, uh, Clea asked. Um, Jason does the Creative South podcast, Clea. So you just definitely need to check it out. Ah, so very very good. Yeah. Very, very good. Well, well, well then, well then, oh, the Creative South podcast. Well, then, yeah. well, so well, then, you then, need to talk to David. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What, how, how come I haven't been on the, on this Creative South podcast? What's that about? I'm going to get to the bottom. He of says this. he's slow, but I will make sure he has your information and stuff. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, look, look, the, the, the only solution for slowness, buy the hardcover today. Right. Get some me, coffee. I send you the coffee that will handle your slowness. That, that, <laughs> there's your solution right there. It's a double, it's a double, it's like a double shotgun right through any slowness. It'll be over. Well, I took so many notes. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I filled up this page. So I, I so appreciate you just giving me some of your time, David. And I just want to make sure everybody knows how to follow you and 
they can subscribe. You do write a ton. We didn't even get to talk about Mercury Mosaic, so there's a great article. Um, I will link it up just because I love it so much um, in the show, and the visuals are just so beautiful. And so if you want to subscribe to and get his newsletter and then see where he does write a lot, um, you can go there to risingabovethenoise.com. Yep. And then you also, um, on Amazon, which we've shared before, you can um, search for um, Brand Intervention by David Breyer. And I'm just going to spell his last name, B-R-I-E-R. Yep. So that, that way, if anybody's listening and can't see the um, uh, stuff, and then at... Thank you. And then on YouTube, you can also subscribe. And remember, he's doing the Wednesday, the One, one Minute, minute Wednesdays. Wednesdays. I want you really... all to subscribe this afternoon. If you don't subscribe, I will hunt you down. <laughs> so if you go to YouTube and you do youtube.com slash user slash head music, M-U-S-I-K. Okay. M-U-S-I-K, head music. Or, or, if you, or if you want to just keep it simple, just Google David Breyer YouTube. You know, boom, you'll find me. And then the last one is Instagram. You can follow David at rising above the noise dot or sorry at on Instagram at rising above the noise. I think yep. I have it here somewhere else. So let me type that in again. Oh, never mind. Anyway, it's the same. Yeah, it's there. There you go. So um and so then much if- dictatorship. It's tr- it's true. Crew, it's just it's <laughs> unbelievable. Well, I mean, look, maybe with a name like Crew, I mean, you 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 sound like an army. I mean, so how am I supposed to respond? He is an army. He takes <laughs> care of a ton. So, but anyway, I'm just super thankful. Um, again, this is love on designers. So take a picture with somebody, even if it's just a Skype. Um, take a picture, put it on Instagram. I had two today earlier, so you'll be seeing who I was talking to. I didn't get one of them because he had to go, so we had to talk on the phone. I mean, you can't really take a picture of that, but um, I'll get I'll get one. But anyways, and you, show and some you, love, you, share and, some some and, encouragement and, and, this and week. And Diane, and Diane, in terms of love, in terms of love, you got to take a very fun, inventive fo- photograph of you with your with your brand invention book and send it to me. Ooh. Okay, I will. Uh, maybe on my tractor. There you go. Something. You got to do something. You hadn't had that yet, right? I have not had nothing with, with nothing with a tractor or, or, or far, the closest I've gotten to a tractor is the one reader who sent me himself with his pet pig. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one was cute. No, no, <laughs> that was the closest. That was a cute pig, too. It was a cute pig. So, All right. Just remember, everybody, it's Love on Designers Month. Just use the hashtag. Um, if you want to enter the giveaway, you can. And then you can always reach out to me at diane at designrecharge.org or diane at rechargingyou.com. And I am excited about the rest of the month, and I'm excited about the giveaways. We've been building it and building it, so I can't wait. And um, anyway, I'm just excited that I get to be in such a great community. And David, I'm really excited that we get, you get to teach so much. You, you always help me and I hope it helped a ton of other people. So guys, we will see you guys next week, next week, Jordan Wong, another great friend who really disrupts. And, um, whenever you're having trouble getting work, um, I always think about everything that Jordan did to get, um, to get new clients he really steps out of the box and he has these magic socks so i can't wait or they're his power socks i guess so we'll talk about those next week too so i will see you guys next week awesome